0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au.
1: We'll just stay here for a moment, the, the band if we could, if you could just play behind me. I really felt uh, one of our roles here is just ministering to our churches and and ministering prophetically and and bringing a word for the Lord for our uh, for our church here in Mandra And so I, I just wanted to speak this word. It sort of came to me yesterday as we were teaching the leaders. It's Isaiah 54.2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out. Father, I pray this word. I believe from the Lord over this church and over the people that there would be an expansion of their influence. There'd be an expansion of their heart towards the things of God. There'd be an expansion of their love for you an expansion of their intimacy with you, an expansion of their influence over others, an expansion of their testimony, and an expansion of seeing people come to Christ in their families, an expansion of influence in their workplace, additional blessings and favor in their businesses, promotions to come, Father, over their careers, Father, that they would be an expansion, there would be an enlargement that whatever they're doing, God, you would expand it, you would enlarge Budget, that there is a, a, almost an, a, an anointing on this church to expand wherever you're at, whatever role you're playing, whatever you're doing during the week and on the Sunday, we pray for an expansion. Amen. Father, we also pray for an expansion over this church, more souls to be saved, more lives to come to know you. It's, it's your kingdom is to expand, to take ground back from the enemy. And I feel there's a season of the expansion of this church into the community of influence and beyond. Father, we pray for an expansion. We pray for an expansion. I just declare it over the heavens. I, I speak over this place, an expansion of influence, uh, people coming to Christ every Sunday, lives being changed. Father, I speak an expansion, people being set free from healings and ailments, people set free from oppression, Father, uh, Marriages restored, wholeness to come, an expansion of your work, Lord. We are a house of miracles, Because we come under the name of Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray that expansion, primed, we're ready, we're poised. Now is the time, God, to expand the work that you're doing in this place. Would you all just stand with me for a moment? If you're comfortable, would you raise your hands? Today we receive that word, Lord. We receive the expansion into our lives, expansion in all that we do. We, we actively participate in this word from the Lord. We receive it. Our hearts are open. We're willing. We're not sure what it means. <laughs> we may not understand it, but there is a trust factor in faith that you say, yes, God, have your way. God, expand it. I can just see some people this week. The boss is going to say, can you work back? and you're like, gonna, oh man, that was that word of expansion. Now i got to work harder. Hey, so someone's going to say, can you double up? Someone's going to say, can you go over there? Someone's going to say, would you mind doing this? Someone's going to say, hey, would you be promoted? Into, I just see an expansion coming. And with expansion comes blessings. With expansion comes favor. I see more work. I see opportunities. I see expansion in people's lives to minister, to love, to impact. I just see it. Would we receive it as a challenge? by faith. God, do a supernatural work. And know that God, it's not by our might. It, it's you that expands our tents. It's your favor and your blessing. We just have to be faithful and obedient. Do it supernaturally, I pray. Do it supernaturally, I pray. Come on, God, have your way. Have your way. We receive it today as a church. And everybody said... Can we shout, give it up to our Lord, our Savior, our great God? So good. Thanks, Ben. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. So good to be with you all. Uh, We love Mandra. We love you. A little quick update and then Bonnie can say hi. If we haven't met, my name is Miles, my beautiful wife Bonnie, and we get to honor. It's a great honor. It's a very humbling honor to serve our locations of elevation, to serve the pastors. Probably my biggest role is to pastor the pastors and I just love your pastors. Uh, Rach and Marty, just amazing men and women of God. Been doing this journey for a long time and they're they're just so incredible and I just uh, honor them and uh, just so thankful for them. And I just serve them and love to sort of get around them and do whatever I can uh, to, to bless them and to help them with their kids and their marriage and their finances. And just so proud of both of you uh, for your faithfulness. Can we honor them this morning? Uh, quick update. Here's my family photo. Uh, I do have four boys, they're all single, they are at home. Uh, We lost one, that's my daughter, she moved out, and uh, my boys, they're not dating because they're waiting for that beautiful Christian girl, so I do believe in arranged marriages. We can talk afterwards, I'm saving up a dowry, I'm hoping to get a house deposit if we can do a deal. Uh, If you have a Christian daughter, look, let's talk, We'll, we'll work on that together, it's very important to me, but don't feel bad for me for losing my daughter it was an emotional time as she said goodbye and I got a photo here of me sort of tearing up as I gave her a hug and said goodbye there she is just getting married and another quick one uh, of her leaving but it's the last dance butterfly kisses but it's okay don't feel bad I replaced her check out Dolly Dolly came into our lives she is amazing I love Dolly Dolly gives us all the love without costing me all the money. So that's our family. Did you want to say hi?
0: I miss my dolly now that I see that. It has been funny to see Miles, like when I brought a dog and he's like, oh, another dog, but he loves her more than I do. And I'm like, oh my goodness, but yeah, we are just regular people doing life and an ordinary life with an extraordinary God, just like you guys. And I just uh, had this verse that came upon me during the week, actually. It's found in Thessalonians, and it's uh, Paul the Apostle writing to the Thessalonians and uh, letting him know how thankful he is. And I think what Miles and I feel every time we get to visit uh, different locations around Australia is this thankfulness and just... Thankfulness of you doing the work that God's called you to in this area and in Mandra. And there is a lost world out there, right? And there's needs out there. And I'd like Miles just uh, prophesied over you, I just believe God is going to give you capacity. But it's found in First Thessalonians one, two, three. It's we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Because our gospel came to you not in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. But I love this part where it says, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And I just have this feeling that God is going to do a work in our lives, each and every one of us, where there is going to be divine encounters. Not just divine encounters where you're able to walk in this place and feel the Spirit of God filling you up and doing what you need to do, but there is going to be divine encounters as you're walking the streets of Mandra, as you're going to work as you're with your children, as you're with your family, as you're with your unsaved friends, that let be reminded, don't be intimidated by what God has given you in spreading the good news, because the Holy Spirit goes before you. He is with you. And I just believe for this place and for you that there is going to be divine Holy Spirit encounters. And I just want to thank you all, and I'll hand it over to my man. I'll see you guys.
1: Love you it's great. Love you, David. Beautiful. Love my wife. Now, you can get rid of that photo. I've lost my man card. If my mates see that, they won't talk to me ever again. I feel very bad with that photo behind me. All right. We are wrapping up, if you're new with us, a series called Go. And the whole purpose of this series was to activate the church. And I kind of felt that as we put this series together with our teaching team, we've kind of stepped back a little bit as followers of Christ. And we've sort of taken a bit of a hit through COVID. And we're just a little bit shy. We're a little bit timid. And I feel we need to activate our faith to step out, to be bold, to see the power of God move. And I'm really proud of Mandra. You're kind of almost leading the way in the other six. Uh, in, In your ability to invite people and share those testimonies after these last couple of weeks. And we'd hear those testimonies each week as, people would share them and Marty would share them. So proud of you all. Marty's been rubbing it into the other five locations that you're not doing as much as I'm doing in inviting people and activating the church. And then we see how I just love the activation of this church into the quick fit that we can renovate that property. That that matters. So that, let's make a difference for that place and help those mums at mum's cottage. I, I love how we're activating our faith with our shoe boxes and getting that ready for Samaritan. Purse. I just want to say, well done. I say, well done. Well done. Activating, responding to this series is so important. And today, I want to finish and go hard about activating your faith in your workplace. Activating your faith in your workplace. Father, I pray by your Spirit, the Word of God would speak to us, would burn deep in our hearts. It's the Word that brings change. It's the Word of God that changes our lives and our hearts. Let your Word be bold today. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 1-1, the very first book, <laughs> the very first chapter, the very first verse. In the beginning, God what? He created the heavens and the earth. The Hebrew word for created, bara, means shape, form, fashion, work. God worked. Worked six days, and then on the seventh He rested. Genesis 2.15, the Lord took man and put him in the garden. To what? To worship, to read the Bible, to sunbake, to surf, to chill, to have a spa, do their nails. No, no. He put him in the Garden of Eden to what? To work. To work. To care for it. Work is something good for man and was part of Adam's perfect existence before the fall. Before the fall. And then Jesus shows up in John 5:17 and says, "My Father is always working, and so am I. You are called to work." You may be a plumber, stay-at-home mom, a teacher, mechanic cleaner, but you're called to work. Why? Because that's how we expand the kingdom of God. Four thoughts today. Normally, I'm a three-thought guy in 25 minutes. I asked Marty if I could have an extra five minutes to go to 30. I've got four because I'm passionate about this subject. Number one, my work is my ministry. My work is my ministry. If you're a Christian, your work is actually your ministry. So often when we get saved, we say, God, lead me. Show me. What's your plan? What's your will? What's your purpose? You're doing it. Wherever you are, that's where God wants you. Understand that he wants you to see it as a ministry. A.W. Tozer says it this way. Let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called to his work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. It's not not what a man does determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It's why he does it. You are called to work. It is your ministry. In fact, the word vocation, which is where we get occupation, uh, profession, or or the word work, it comes from the Latin word vocare, which means called. God has called men and women to work. It's their ministry. And we see an example of this in Exodus 31, where God doesn't talk about a prophet or or a king or, or a priest. He actually talks about a craftsman, a chippy. And, and the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Belazel, the son of Uri, grandson of Hur from the tribe of Judah. I've filled him with the Spirit of God, given him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of what? Crafts. God anointed him. He gifted him. He gave him these expertise and talents, not, 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 not just to pray, not just to be in the temple. No, no, all kinds of crafts. All kind. He was gifted to work. He's the master craftsman. He's an expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He's skilled in engraving and maintaining gemstones and in carving wood. He's the master of every craft. God called bells is out to be this craftsman God takes pleasure in his abilities and God takes pleasure in yours you're an accountant you love numbers that sounds so boring but God takes pleasure in it they all add up you know you pay people the right amounts and 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 God takes pleasure in your administration your your ability to sort of navigate things. Some of you you run your house like a well oiled machine there 's food on the table there 's washing this meat that God takes pleasure in your gifts and in your abilities. Uh, you might like selling you 're a salesman, you love to talk, and God takes pleasure in your skill set. you might like learning and studying and being educated. God takes pleasure in your ability to grow and learn. You, you might like teaching and mentoring. God takes pleasure. Well, whatever, you, whatever you're doing, you're just as spiritual as a pastor. Yeah, man, yeah. You're a truck driver. You're a lawyer. You're whatever. You, you're just as spiritual. Uh, you're ministers. I want you to hear this today. You, you, you're no better or worse than I am. We're, we're the same. We're ministering for the Lord. We just have different outworks of our ministry. In fact, we actually, as Christians, we have an unfair advantage in the workplace. Because we have the Spirit of God who anoints us for what we're called to do. He gives us ideas, wisdom if we seek Him, if we realize we're not just living our own life, but actually in ministry on behalf of our God. He gives us ideas and witty inventions and, and dreams and plans that we can be effective, where we can be successful in the ministry that God has called us to do. You see, there's this misconception that church only happens in here. But the church leaves in about an hour every Sunday and goes out there. And and the whole role we're here is you're here to get ministered to so you can then go and minister to others. The church isn't building. You are the church. You go out to minister. 39 of the 40 miracles were done outside the temple. The marketplace is where God moves most. It's where the people are. (laughs) And you're more effective than I am at reaching the lost for Jesus because you have more access than I do. A plumber is far more uh, effective than someone preaching off the pulpit. I'm talking to Christians most of the weeks on Sundays, but you have access to the hurting and the lost. Why does this matter to me? Well, I only came a a pastor late in the game, about 35. I I jumped into this job called pastoring. But before that, I was a builder. And I felt that was my ministry. I really did just. I, I love church, I didn't kind of fit in so much, I sort of felt I was always a bit of a, a r- round peg in a square hole, I didn't really, you know, have that empathy to pray, and I sort of get distracted during the guy's preaching, and what's for lunch, and you know, I just, I just wasn't that church guy, I just wasn't good at it, we go to prayer meeting, I kind of nod off and fall asleep, and I, I just, it wasn't wired that way, so I was in the building, and I felt that was my ministry. And I worked for a, a Christian building company, and our, our job was to fund the kingdom. And I loved that. I thought, God, you, this is my ministry. And so I saw God as my partner. And I sort of thought, you were in this together. Let's start this business, and you're my partner. So as a partner, we're 50-50. And, my, and this isn't scriptural, but this is how I felt as my ministry, that Bonnie and I, as we built our company up, that we would give the church, give God, give, give the church, uh, 50% of our net income after tax on a project. So we had a project, it was a, uh, it was a three-story walk-up or it was a warehouse or it was a luxury home or whatever. I thought, okay, God, I'll, I'll get the net profit after tax and I'll go it you, you get half to the church and, and, and we'll have half. I felt it was my ministry. I, I felt I was called to it. I, I felt, God, this is how I can make a difference. This is how I can affect people for eternity. This is how I can, you know, change lives. But what it did it kept me connected to God like never before. Yes. I'd be praying every day. I'd be, God, help me with this tender. Help me with these quotes. Give me some favor with this client. And, and it brought me, when you, when you see your role as a minister, it brings you closer to God. And so you're not just teaching off a, a, a textbook. You're teaching, but God, show me. God, lead me. You're, you're not just selling a, a coffee. You're saying, God, how can I minister to somebody who's hurting and lost? How can I say a kind word? Give me a word of knowledge. Give me a, a, a prayer. What, what happens when you see your role as a minister, your church becomes more than just a Sunday, one, one hour. You actually start living saying, God, lead me. God, guide me. God, show me. You're, you're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're raising leaders for the kingdom. You're not just a teacher. You're influencing the next generation. You're not just a plumber. You're running a godly business that others are watching. You're not just a business owner. You're a steward. You're not just a banker. You're an ambassador. You're not just a salesperson. You're an undercover agent for the Spirit of God. My work is my ministry. You with me? Number two, my work is my worship. Psalms 104, 23. Then man goes out to his work. In his labor until evening. Now, this word "work" in the Hebrew is avadar. Avadar—it's fascinating. This study of this Hebrew word has two meanings. It means work and worship. It doesn't just mean one or the other; it means both. And so often we think worship is something we do on Sunday with three or four songs, but work is something we do Monday. Through Saturday, Avodah suggests that our work is our worship, where we honor God and we serve our neighbors. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you're working for the Lord rather than for God. You might not know this, but as a Christian, you're not actually working for your boss or the government or a corporation or, or a person. You're working for the Lord. The Lord is our boss. That's who we work for. When you get that understanding, it changes everything. You're not just working for that earthly boss. You're actually working for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether then you eat or drink or do whatever you do, do it all for what? For the glory of God. It's an act of worship. When you're working, it's a form of worship that you're honoring God with your talents, with your gifts, with your time. It, it's, it changes your mindset. Suddenly you're not complaining and suddenly you're not, you know, arguing. Suddenly you're saying, this is an opportunity that I have to bring glory to the Lord. Romans 12.1, so here's what I want you to do. Paul says, God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Father, we, we give our work, it's an offering. It's a sign of worship. Everything we do is to glorify the Father. So when we have success, we give it back to Him. We get promoted. Thank you, God, for that promotion. We have favor. God, it's because of you. I have got this job because of your goodness. We give Him the glory. We divert it all back to Him. What happens if you hate your job? (laughs) Miles, you're talking about my job is my worship. You haven't met my boss let me tell you about my boss. He still owes me some super from five years ago, and he hasn't paid me what I'm worth. And, and, and you, what, what do we do? Well, you're not alone. So Gallup conducted a global poll with the world's 1 billion full-time workers and found that only 15% were engaged at work 85% were unhappy with their jobs. There's a good chance there's some people in that 85% that are unhappy with your job. So what do you do? What do you do if your job sucks? What do you do if you hate it? It's, it's not what you're wired. You're not using your gifts. You're not using your talents. It's not worship. What do you do? Two options. You change it or you embrace it. You change it or you embrace it. Life is too short to do something you hate. Life is too short to do something you're terrible at. Life is too short to waste away, and so often it's fear, it's, it's, we're scared, we're, we're hesitant, we're in survival mode, and we lose sight that our work should be our ministry. Now, don't all quit your job Monday morning, all right? The church works on this thing called tithes and offerings, so it's a percentage of your income that helps us fund the expansion of, of the go- So don't quit your job Monday, but maybe it's time to look for another job. Maybe it's time to have a, hey, can I meet my boss? Hey, where are we going here? What's the future look like? Can we talk about uh, development? Can we talk about maybe shifting? Maybe there's a chance you can upskill and study. You can pursue another career. Maybe there's a chance you can talk to someone and put a feeler out there and and say, what else do I desire to do? What's God placed on my, what's my ministry, my gifts, my talents? You can either change it because you're in control, Because God will lead you. You seek Him first. That's the first thing you do. You get godly counsel. You pray and you you say, God, guide my steps. Don't let fear stop you or complaining hold you back. Don't don't blame your boss. Say, God, lead me. I'm, I'm I'm in charge here. I'm a son and daughter of the Most High God. Guide and direct me. So you either change it or, number two, you embrace it. And I feel sometimes you've got to embrace it while God is working on the changing it. See, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever you do, do well. Whatever you do, do well. King James says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. This Hebrew word for might means strength and power. As Christians, we should be doing what we do in the marketplace with all of our might. We should be the best workers, period. We should be running rings around everybody else because God calls us to work, which is our ministry, with all of our might. I don't, I don't mean being burnt out and being a workaholic, that's unhealthy and that's not right, but we should do it with all of our might. Are you working with all of your strength, your might, your power? man this is a hard message to give I'm, I'm glad this go series is over I'm glad Father's Day's coming I need some pulled pork this is heavy man you're asking me to work and I'm coming in late and I you know stole those pens from the office and I haven't paid them back and you know I kind of took an extra uh hour for for Smoko and I now you're telling me he's watching me I'm working for the Lord yes give it your best get in there early stay late be diligent be better than the next guy one of our values in the Palliodan family's work ethic I love work ethic. I just think you work hard. And at 14, for our birthday, some of you parents buy your kids a phone or a present. You know what we do on 14 for our birthday? It's an interview at Macca's. (laughs) Interview at Macca's. That's that's what they get. They get a job at 14. I'd do it earlier if I could, but they won't hire any earlier. But we do other stuff earlier. We do handing in, you know, mailboxes and lawns and stuff but the official work starts at, at uh, 14 we know the local Maccas lady very well she's had four of our boys through there so we line them up and 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 I talk to the boys hey I, I, I want you to really really knock it out of the park in this interview I, you know, I want you to wear a suit and tie, and I want you, I want you well, not a suit and tie, but I want you to re- look good, and, you know, I, I want, let's practice, and look me in the eye, and shake my hand firm, and, hey, let's look at the values that's going on at Macca's, what are their values, what's their vision statement, you know, hey, we look it up, to, to be a customer's favorite place, uh, and the way to eat and drink, that's McDonald's vision statement, come on, we want to know that, what, you know, what, what's their KPIs, you know, how's, how's their net profit this year, are they growing, well, what's going on, so I prep them up, and they, they go in, they, they get the job, and then I drop them off every day. Hey, you sh- iron that shirt. You tuck it in. I, I want you to make some money today for Ronald McDonald. Make it rain for Ronald today. Come on. I want you to have the best attitude. I want you to work hard today. Whatever you... Dad, it's just McDonald's. No, it's not. You're working for the Lord. Bring your excellence. Bring. And so one of my most proudful moments the other day about two weeks ago I pick up my fourth child Jet from Maccas and uh he says dad this is what they gave me and there's this little son hey come on come on positive attitude from Amanda come on Jet come on up here Jet, Jet 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 got this come on Jet come on Jet McDonald's, people month, love this. But he went over and above. And I actually haven't heard this done. And I'm putting him on the spot. But he told me how he can make burgers faster. So he's at the back doing the burger thing. And he came up with this technique. This is just so exciting for me. Of speeding up the process through the the drive-through. Can you tell the folks how did you speed that process up? So you got like a headset to like speak to the people who come to the drive-to and I'm making the burgers so they say oh can I get a Big Mac medium meal so I put the buns in, Big Mac ready and they're off. He asked the manager for a headset. N- n- no one in the back work- wears a headset right? And he says can I get a headset so I can get the order quicker and put it and the guy would never heard of it. Come on baby, love it. Come on Jetty, you're my man. Our work is our worship. God, how do we do better? How do we be more efficient? How do we honor you? How do we bring our skill set to the table? Number one, my work is my ministry. You are ministers of the gospel. This isn't ministry just preaching and singing in the church. You're ministers. You're ministers. In the name of the Father, the Son, has left or right, I don't know how it's done, but without you're, you're ministers. You're anointed. You're ministers. Your work is your worship. Number three, my work is hard... But the Lord is with me. Let's be honest. Work is hard. Who here gets up at 7 a.m. or earlier? Okay, who gets up at 6 a.m. or earlier? Whoa! Who gets up at 5 a.m. or earlier? Oh, we still got some here. Who's up at 4 a.m. or earlier? Oh, we got a couple here. Come on. Love the hard work. It's 3 a.m. Look, it's not easy. There was nothing easy about Jesus hanging on the cross, (laughs) right? There was nothing easy about Jesus coming to earth and living his ministry out. It was hard, rejected by family, beaten, abused. Ministry's hard, but hard is not bad. In fact, it's in hard things I think the greatest work is done. There's nothing wrong with hard. So God chose Solomon to build the temple. Remember, David was passed by because of his blood on his hands. And Solomon gives his son some advice. He says to his son, take this seriously. I think that's, that's funny for a, a dad to say to his son because our kids don't take anything seriously. Mine don't. So the first thing he says is, son, <laughs> take this seriously. It's a big deal. Building the temple is a big deal. The Lord God has chosen you to build the temple, as His sanctuary. Be strong and what? Do the work. Be strong, do the work. Massive project. There's four billion dollars in today's value. Took four years, and they had thirty thousand workers, one month on, one month off. And Solomon's this young kid. He's overwhelmed. This is a big project. Hadn't even done his apprenticeship. And suddenly he's thrown into this building project. And David, his father, says again in verse 20, be strong and courageous and what? Do the work. Do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, my God, is with you. Don't focus on the fear or how hard it is or how long it's going to take. Do the work. The Lord is with you. Raising teenagers is hard. Come on. Raising teenagers is hard. Do the work, the Lord is with you. Running a household with multiple jobs is hard. Do the work, the Lord is with you. Life balance, that's hard. Do the work, the Lord is with you. Meeting bosses' expectations, it's hard. Do the work, the Lord is with you. Stop whining, stop complaining. Stop telling how bad the boss is. Do the work. The Lord is with you. When you realize the Lord is with you, you're not alone. When you realize the Lord is with you, he knows what you're going through. He's been with you. He's all God and all man. He lived on earth. He walked this place for 33 years. He had a job as a carpenter. He knows the challenges and the struggles of life. Do the work. The Lord is with Some of you need to hear that today. Do the work, the Lord is with you. We're not about selling out and going for comfort. We're about doing the work because the Lord is with you. Now, we're not about being abused. I get that. We're not about being taken advantage of and being treated like a doormat. I get it. If that's happening, talk to someone, get some legal advice, get some godly counsel and leave. We're not asking or talking for anyone to be abused or taken advantage of. But we are saying, let's do the work and the Lord is with us. Do the work and the Lord is with us. Number one, my work is my ministry. Some of you need to realize your work, you're stepping into your ministry. Your work is your worship. Your work is hard. The Lord is with you. And finally, as the keys come, or guitar comes, band comes, my work is my mission field. My work is my mission field. Luke 14 verse 16, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations and when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready and they began making excuses. It was the custom in the days of Jesus that there'd be two invitations sent out to a party. One would announce the event, the second was to tell the guests it was ready. In Israel's history, God had sent two invitations, one in the Old Testament with the prophets, one in the New Testament with Jesus. And the religious leaders rejected the second invitation as Jesus, as their Messiah. Even today in in Jerusalem, very few Jews accept the invitation to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. So what did they do? The master said to the servant, go. That's this series we're all about, go. Go, go out to the highways and the byways, go to the highways and the hedges and compel the people to come in that my house may be filled. There was this urgency. The word compel indicates God's great desire that His house to be filled. There's a lost and a hurting world out there. And maybe they're relying on you and me to go to invite them to come to Christ. Christ. God wants to compel us to go reach the people in our workplace to hear the gospel. I think one of the best ways for someone to come to Christ is to bring them to our Sunday gathering. And here's why I say that. When Jesus said in Matthew four nineteen, follow me, I'll make you fishermen of men, we think fishing means a rod and a reel, individual. But fishing in these days was a collaborative Approach. There was multiple boats with multiple nets. It was a group effort. And so they would actually fish with nets and they, one boat would pull the net around, the other would scare the fish in. And so it was this group effort uh, that would help them fish. In the same way, this is a group effort. When someone comes to a gathering on a Sunday, they're welcomed. They're acknowledged. They're, 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 they're acknowledged, They're valued. We're, we're interested in them. They're, they're given a hot drink. They're given a little free pack. You know, they're they're they're, they're he- hearing the presence of God. Uh, the gospels preached. The word of there's something special about us gathering on a Sunday that people's hearts are opened. That they see you worshiping and they think, "Wow, what's, I don't understand all this stuff," but. It looks like a cult, but there's something real because everyone's so happy and and into this thing, good God, and it it, it inspires them. It's not just what Marty and I do or Rach does with the preaching. It's actually probably the smallest influence is the preaching. It's, It's their welcoming. It's their hearts are open because of your love and your care. And I feel we have a season now we can invite people to church boldly, confidently. It's a great church, great people in it. You know why it's a great church? Because you're in it. You're a great person. And and this is a great place to bring your friends, your neighbors. Great place to boldly say come and introduce people and know they'll be loved and cared for. They'll be welcomed and accepted that they may accept Christ. The mission field is so great. The time is so short. Heaven and hell is hanging in the balance. People are going to hell every day. And there is this compelling... That God has for us as a church to reach the lost, the hurting, those that don't know Him, that they could be saved. I bet most of you are here because someone invited you. My story, I was surfing, 15, never been to church in my life. A guy paddles over and says, hey, you want to come to church? I'm, I don't know what church is. What, what is that? And he says, oh, look, it's a place they have music and there's girls there. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> 15-year-old young man, you sure? I'm kind. And I got saved. I just, I I met Jesus Christ. And and what's interesting was a little INC church. And Bonnie and I are now pastoring that church. 38 years later. You don't know the power of one invite. You don't know the power of one one text. Hey, Father's Day next weekend. Got this crazy adventurer, Jeff Wilson, multiple world record holder. It's going to be a great service. Pull pork. Buns, that's enough reason, they're free. Just we'll, we'll give you a gift, just come next week. And, and like, okay, you don't know what that one invite might do. Many of you are here because someone invited you. Father, I pray we would have your hearts to go to compel people to come, to see them saved, that we would never lose sight of the whole point, the whole purpose of the kingdom of God is the gospel, to see the lost found. Father, stir us as a church that we would have a heart for others and this series, Go, you would activate us to go and to reach the lost. And praying this morning, maybe that's you today. You you don't know God. And maybe someone invited you. This is the most important moment in our service, by the way. Every Sunday, every service, we ask people to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and this is for you if you don't know God. What if you died today? Would you know where you'd spend eternity? Is your salvation assured? Because there is a heaven. And there is a hell. It's very clear. And the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by Him. With eyes closed and heads bowed, this is you. You know you need to surrender and give your life to Jesus Christ. Would you boldly raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, Miles. I want to be saved. I want to surrender. Thank you. I see your hand.